0: Today on the Being Whole podcast, we welcome Rachel K. Elbers. Rachel is a creative director and brand strategist for businesses that want to burn the rulebook. When she's not working with rule breakers and renegades to set fire to the box instead of thinking inside of it, she writes and educates about the intersection of branding, pop culture, tech, and identity. She hosts Marketing Muckraking, the podcast that asks us, what is brand culture doing to us? This conversation is incredibly validating and eye-opening. Let's not waste any more time and just dive on in. Okay, Okay, Rachel, if I'm being honest with you, I honestly don't don't know where to start because there are so many things I wanna talk about. So first of all, welcome. I'm grateful that you are here and I'm so appreciative of your time. Hello.
1: Who knows where to start, right? (laughs) Just start in the middle and unravel from there. We're just gonna unravel (laughs) together. Yeah that's my life philosophy.
0: So I actually found you through an internet, like wormhole. I was searching for something one day about if I should join some online course or something like that. And I found an article that you wrote, and then I just went down the rabbit hole of reading about you, found you on Instagram and have seen so many of the different things that you've done through different businesses and things. And so why don't you just tell us a little bit about kind of what you have going on, all of the different pieces or start wherever you want, honestly,
1: what do I have? Going on. Well, I, the better question is, what don't I have going
0: on? That know? really does seem um, to be the better question, <laughs> right?
1: Uh, you know. So I am a creative director and brand strategist gone wild mm-hmm. for businesses that burn the rule book. I run uh, a branding and marketing company for for people who are running businesses at the very same time that they're asking the question. What is capitalism doing to us? What is brand culture doing to us? Right. And so that's why I say brand strategist gone wild, because the gone wild part is over the last 13 years of running this business while also walking the tightrope of my own political beliefs, my own, you know, mm-hmm. just ideological, you know, my values, um, it's become increasingly more challenging to to <laughs> to buy in mm-hmm. to the very uh, industry that I work in, right? Yeah. And so, yes, you found some of my, you found my wormhole. This is what <laughs> I should <laughs> do as a course. I should do, be like, how to create your own internet wormhole. like mm-hmm. <laughs> Rabbit holes in three easy steps. But you found one of my wormholes that kind of came out of a time where I was very publicly burning, burning it all down in the name of being more honest about my understanding of the harms of the marketing industry the very industry that i work in and so that's kind of where you find me is asking this question what is brand culture doing to us while i still am running a business in this and that's you know partially due to my belief well we all have to exist and survive within capitalism right like there is no there's no wormhole that takes us out of here <laughs> right bet, But i'm working on it um okay no, well kind of sure yes but i mean there isn't an industry that escapes capitalism's harms in my opinion so it's more about you know how do we navigate how what compromises do we make versus i'm not a proponent of the like i don't believe that there's a do no harm way to exist yeah. in this world today mm-hmm. so then it's about how do we mitigate more harm how do we mm-hmm. uh, how do we d- diminish and decrease the the harm and the impact the negative impact that we as participants in this system, forced to participate in the system have, that's the space you find me in today. It's a wild, it's a wild terrain. Let's.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, it is. And that's something where I'm very new to kind of understanding and learning that, you know, I transitioned out of academia and have been in academics for a long time. And I just, to help people, I wanted to help people. Why are you a teacher? Because I love my students I want to help them. And when I started my business, it was really because my students were like, you need to help more people. You can reach more people. I was like, you're right, this is what I need to do. And so I was like, I just wanna help people. And apparently that's not how this works. (laughs) I learned very quickly, you know, like, okay, great. You wanna help people. Who do you wanna help? Who's your ideal client avatar? Do you have a nurture sequence? Do you have this? And I was like, whoa, you know, what's your personal brand? Where's your logo? What's your mission statement? And it became this like space where I like got caught up in this machine over the last two years almost of, not not me like really falling into it, but more doing exactly what you're saying, being like, if this is what this looks like, how do I fit into this? Where do I go? How do I show up as myself? If myself might get canceled because of what I said, how do I feel authentic in the fact that I really wanna help people while at the same time, I do need to make a living. So I do kinda gotta ask some people for money, right? But then it's, it's all of the things that you said, being so caught up in it and not wanting to also then use practices that are manipulative or that are hurtful or that are just lies, honestly, <laughs> you know? And so I really, I think that's where, when I found you, it's been a while now, it, it was just a refreshing statement. You know, what you were saying was at one on one side, like really depressing. Cause I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is what it is, but it was also refreshing and gave me hope because I'm like, at least she's having the conversation. At least we can start here and look look at what some of these things really are and what this online space feels like and what capitalism is doing to us all at the same time that we are buying into it, as you said.
1: Because we don't, because there's nothing else that, because we don't have a choice, right? right. And I think one of the things that I am really excavating and deconstructing as I do, you know, I'm I'm all about historical research and really understanding how did we get here, you know, as a culture, as a civilization, et cetera, et cetera. I think one of the things that I'm pushing up against, and this is not a popular opinion, is there's a lot of messaging out there that's like, OK, so you see the harms of capitalism or you see the harms of the online marketing industry or whatever, fill in the blank here come and follow me i'm gonna show you the ethical slash do no harm way Mm -hmm. to still make a bazillion dollars like we're gonna get filthy rich but we're gonna do it using good clean fun right yeah and while i do think it is possible to be profitable while also creating a business that is in alignment with your values part of my my outlook is based on economics, based on my understanding of history, based on all of the ways that these intersect, these things intersect to become this this historical moment that we're living through is, what you said about helping people, like, oh wait, that's not the thing. That the more you truly want to meaningfully help your, help people, the, the more ethical you become in doing that, the more you have to make uh, peace with the idea of, of taking a pay cut to a certain mm-hmm. degree in the sense that, uh, ethical marketing comes with, like I said, compromises. And many of those compromises are going to be in terms of profit. Like there's such a big en- emphasis on scaling, scaling one to many, right? Like people are mm-hmm. like, okay, they, I know a lot of, I've worked with a lot of businesses that their coaches or their doctors or their healers or their therapists or they're doing some sort of like they're doing the work of the helper right mm-hmm. and so they get to a certain point in their practice where they're like okay I've developed a formula I've developed a a framework a a, a practice and now I want to be able to help lots and lots of people mm-hmm. because you know the one to one model is is limited and and there are lots of ways that you can take your experience, take your knowledge, take your body of work and translate it to a larger audience than just doing one to one to one. Mm -hmm. And at the same time though, typically when you do scale a solution like that, Mm -hmm. the impact on each individual person is reduced. Mm -hmm. So this would be an example of like, we've got people out here just like with a megaphone saying, you've just got to scale your thing to serve thousands, millions of people, and make this huge impact. Well, there, there are, there then becomes challenges around how do you make sure that the teachings are truly reaching each individual person. And in my opinion, endless scaling, endless profit and also meaningful support and change and help for each individual person that's consuming the information are not entirely compatible. There is like, okay, one way to scale one to many and you know, it's to write a book, for example. But what a lot of folks in this space do is they don't just write a book, then they create like a $2,000 course that they Mm want to sell to hundreds of thousands of people and their profits are growing up. While we know that the statistics around like people finishing courses, right experience that people get from a course, especially with that price tag doesn't typically match the, the value that's going back to the course creator versus the value going to the student. So mm-hmm. all of this is kind of a convoluted way of saying, you know, the capitalist system is not set up for us to profit by helping people meaningfully. In fact, it's set up for, for us to extend people's pain as long as we can so that we have repeat buyers. You yeah. know, if you actually meaningfully solve a problem quickly, Well, then now you're going to need a bigger now you're going to need to replace that customer with Mm -hmm. a brand new customer that has you know that has those pain points it's much more in the interest of of our economic system to keep us as ongoing constant loyal customers and buyers so i guess all of this is to say if your goal is to run an ethical business and truly help people then Mm -hmm. i think you need to consciously uncouple from the vision that this goal is in tandem, can be held in tandem with endless profits, endless growth, endless scaling. Does that make sense what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I mean, and I am a teacher, so basically like any, any, (laughs) any pay is going to be more than what I was making. So like, in my perspective, I was like, I'm not even trying to look at the buckets full of money that some of these other people are, in theory, I'm saying everyone can have, right. But it's exactly what everything that you said, I, I don't think it should be an unpopular opinion, I happen to really resonate with it. And I would love to share that opinion with others in terms of It is hard to scale and then still help people. And yes, you can grow your team and yes, you can have all these people and you can have Facebook moderators or group, but as somebody who's been in several of those programs where then there are hundreds of people or they're, you know, that's what they're selling. It isn't the same. You know, and that's where even kind of dipping my toe into some of these programs, it was like, no, I'm going to cap it at 10 people or what have you. Because I know like classroom management, like what I can give people and what I can handle. right? Right. And, and even then I always question, okay, what am I doing? What does this look like? And I think that one of the things too, that, you know, I've, I've had conversations with others thinking about these types of things is you start to see like, okay, but who's really making all of this money with these people? A lot of times it is the online marketers or the people who are like, you can have this entrepreneurial job. You should go step into this. But the people who are actually doing the courses and doing the things like it remains to be seen for me, I guess, like what really happens to them after these kind of promises and things like that. What is your take on that?
1: I mean, one of my favorite things to say is the only overnight success in business is the business selling overnight success. (laughs) And so I completely agree with the, the idea that it's almost always like the big, massive success stories almost always come from people emulating a model similar to the one they bought into. Meaning like, okay, I've got a marketer or a coach who's selling me how I can be a successful marketer and a coach. And then I become a coach for marketing and coaching. Right. Like and it's that versus the less The less frequent success story is the the tiny little niche business that takes this course and then their revenue explodes and now they're a multi gazillionaire. And even that type of success, which does happen, is reflective of, you know, you kind of filling a blue ocean. Right. And so that's not available to all business owners. Right. Which kind of goes back to like, why do I have a problem with this economic system? because I get a lot of responses all you know all the time which is like well you know capitalism might suck but it's the best we've ever had so what are you going to do about it and I'm like okay jury's out on whether that's true I don't yeah. know what are the standards for saying it's the best that's always my question when people say anything is the best like any country is the best or any you know whatever mm-hmm. but beyond that my 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 where I take that is okay let's just say it is let's just say this current economic system that we're living in is the best we've ever had. And at the same time, we know that it doesn't provide for a majority or even half of the world's people to live well or even meaningfully change their economic circumstances. That is just the truth. It doesn't. If every single person in the world woke up tomorrow and said, I'm going to hustle for the rest of my days until I reach the top of the mountain, until I reach the peak of the economic Everest, the system doesn't provide for every single person to achieve that. So for me, that's an inherent flaw. And the other yeah. side of that is, OK, let's say it's the best. We as humans are capable and have done so many incredible things throughout human history. If this is the best, now the question becomes, how do we do better? How do we do a lot better? I think we can. But you know, going back to that concept that if everyone can't live well mm-hmm. and if these promises aren't available to us all if only a select few of us can take the course and become filthy rich or do some other route to becoming wildly successful and then that depends on a great percentage of people making considerably less or living considerably less Mm -hmm. well so that just a few of us can live very well Mm -hmm. well well, 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 you know what I'm saying? Well, that's not good enough for me. Does that make sense?
0: No, it, it absolutely makes sense. I mean, it continues to create that divide. It continues to, you know, I think what's hard for me about a lot of it as well is the hope that people are given. And then if things don't work out the guilt and shame that they're left with, that is what is yes. just, in myself, I felt that included, you know, it's like, I guess I'm just not vibrating high enough, or I guess I just didn't, you know, believe because they manifested, it's like prosperity gospel. And it's just, and so then that I've seen way too many people, my friends, um, people I know, and then just random strangers on the internet that I've met throughout this journey who are like, the shame that they feel because they didn't do it. I did all the homework or I showed up to the calls right? and I must not have done right. this right. Let me try to sell again. You know, as their own friends and families are getting like annoyed with them for continually trying to sell. And cause you're just like, and so I've seen people lose like kind of their self-confidence, mm-hmm. lose sight of, because they are wanting something that they feel is should be attainable. And then they're told if they're not getting it, that clearly it's your messaging, <laughs> you know? It's your it's your, your email didn't have you know, the right emoji. I think <laughs> I'm
1: not meant to be in business. This is a sign that I'm not meant to be in business. And what it's really a sign of is uh, the system can only take so many success stories. That's the truth, you know? And what's really interesting, if you did find me through a wormhole slash rabbit hole slash just a hole of any kind, um, Then you may have, you know, some of my content is spoken to, especially in like the online marketing coaching space. Mm -hmm. So many of the folks at the top have built into their models, built into their programs, built into their courses, built into their masterminds, hidden legal disclaimers, non-disparagement clauses like, okay, you know, if anybody listening has heard of Marie Forleo's B-School, there is a clause when you sign up for this online course when you're clicking the little terms and conditions button without knowing you are clicking and agreeing to you will not leave a negative review on that course and this is taught by many of the leaders at the top of this is what you should embed into your like kind of just boilerplate like you know i'm buying a workshop for three hundred dollars and i'm not even realizing that I'm signing that I won't ever say anything negative to my friends on my blog. I can't write a review. They can come and they can theoretically come after me. Although what they do is they sick their legal dogs on someone. This is, this is a fraudulent legal. This is, this is fraudulent in this context, right? Like you're, there is a legal right to lead to, to create and share honest reviews. But when you've got some big, powerful, rich, Kind of scary leader sending a lawyer to you saying you need to take this down or we're gonna this is a cease mm-hmm. and desist or we're gonna sue you typically the the uh, instinct is to back off and say okay wait, wait i i don't have the energy or the money or the knowledge or whatever to fight this but what happens then you combine this with the lack of negative reviews with the big kind of overblown uh, success stories, which are always tucked into the fine print, this result's not typical, right? Like you see Mm -hmm. the headlining testimonials on a sales page or you hear all of the people singing the praises of something often because they get an affiliate kickback for doing that. Mm -hmm. And then you combine that with the lack of any negative feedback, which is partially due to like legal pressure and fear. And then you add in the kind of peer pressure of so many folks kind of walking through these worlds and getting ensnared in this. And then it's like, it feels like everyone has done this. Mm-hmm. And if no one's saying anything negative and all of the success stories are so glitzy and so shiny, then there comes like a gaslighting that happens out of that, which is, oh, no, 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 no. This isn't that this teaching may be not working for everyone. This may not. This isn't wow. that necessarily the teacher might have overpromised something or the marketer may have overpromised something that Isn't actually a a realistic result for all students, even if they do the work, even if they do, you know, all of the things. It's me. I'm the problem. I'm crazy. And if there is a sense of like, I think maybe I was oversold something, I think maybe this isn't worth all the hype, you Mm -hmm. get all those factors that I just mentioned the lack of negative reviews, the kind of like cult like you know, massive group of people singing the praises, the, the ex, you know, the exaggerated 1% testimonials. Mm-hmm. And then there's this effect of, I can't trust my own intuition here on this. I can't trust my own knowledge, my own experience. I must be wrong.
0: I'm sure if your journey has looked anything like mine with courses and coaches over the last couple of years, this episode will make you feel like you are valid in your frustration and lack of progress. I'd love to hear one takeaway from you over in my Instagram DM. Reach out at Dr. Cassandra LeClaire so we can connect. Also, if you've been burned in your relationships and are having trouble with setting or communicating your boundaries, I'm here to help you learn to do all of that and more within your personal or professional life. DM me the word boundary to chat about which service may be best for you. Now let's get back to the episode with Rachel.
1: I must be nuts. I must be the problem. It's me not them right and not that i'm saying it's always them either and yet it you know like we've discussed the system doesn't provide for all people to be wildly wealthy and you know zero to a billion zero to six figures zero to seven figure success stories that's not how this this
0: economic system is set up you Mm know well and i think that just thank you for being so open and having this conversation because not only I was in that position I spent so much money and everything that you said I went back to counseling because I was like what is happening here? I don't trust myself. And especially with me, um, you know, I have a a history of some trauma that has already caused me to trust, you know, have some trust issues and not trust my own feelings and things like that. Mm -hmm. I was, I mean, to the point where my counselor was like, your CPTSD is activated over this. And another friend of mine that I talked to, she's like, "The this is, they are gaslighting you. And we had to, it was like this experience of, whoa, this is what's happening this is real and you know Then i'm just on the end of it i can work through it and i can take care of my nervous system and i have access to counseling great but then now i have this debt that i have to pay off as a result of like that experience right and i think you know for my situation fortunately i do have you know i have credentials i can fall back on i have other things i can do a lot right, right? however not everyone is in that position either and not everyone in and, and so just even recognizing like after that happened to me and I was like okay I feel like I'm a smart person and I went back and I asked all the right questions you know I did all the right things I I did and so really reminding myself no you did the right thing of trusting of asking it was just that this machine this thing is not designed to really be what it says it is and so I just think it's really refreshing that you are talking about that because unfortunately throughout the last few years of going through some different programs and working with a few coaches myself um the people that I know who've done it have more of the stories like my own and not the stories that you're speaking of you know in fact, that, you know, Mm -hmm. people are then creating their other groups to like complain about the group because, Mm -hmm. or what have you. So I think that it's getting, you know, more talked about more and more, but not in the spaces then when you're going, like you're saying, when you're going to sign up for these things, or when you're seeing people's flashy marketing and things, you don't find those negative reviews. You don't find things. Mm -hmm. And, and I think also too, at a time when so many people have had financial devastation over the last few years, so many people have been searching for something more meaningful and have thought a lot of people pinned like their emotional hopes on this too not just their financial hopes right so I think that just you know what is that like though for you in terms of you're out here this is your industry you're trying to open up this conversation I can't imagine it's well received by everyone
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no no of course it's not um yeah well you know So like I mentioned, I had my little burn, my big burn it all down moment where in the midst of the pandemic last year in 2020, 2021, um, I started what was called like, it was an experiment on my stories. I had kind of hit a wall of burnout. I was in year 12 of running my business. And as much as I knew firsthand, because I'll tell you what, as a brand strategist, a marketing strategist, I myself actually haven't taken most of the, any, like a, a couple, one or two of these, of these kind of big name, brand name courses, which is good by the way, because that means I am to a degree legally protected <laughs> because you know, I, I never signed any there. I never clicked any terms and conditions. Right. But what I'll tell you is most of my clients have. So I have an in-depth understanding of how most of these programs work and what their teachings are and what the content is because my clients, my hundreds of clients over the years, have gone through nearly all of them and then come to me and been like, all right, here, we're going to take this person's funnel and I need your help to apply it. And so mm-hmm. it gave me this behind the scenes look at all of the, the the strategies and the formulas that are being sold. And so I, I had this idea at the beginning of 2021, as I was experiencing my own burnout, because there was a period of time when I... So here I am on behalf of my clients implementing these kind of master formulas and blueprints and everything and Mm -hmm. in the early days of my business i too despite having a traditional marketing background and study thought that there was something wrong with me i'm like man i must be a bad steward of b school because i'm applying the things that my clients are telling me to apply because that's what they're taking from these programs and it's just not working, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I had you know, done that on you know, dozens of occasions with all these different business owners while interacting at conferences and as a speaker and as a workshop leader with eventually thousands of people who, like you said, most of them shared the non-success stories with me versus the success stories. It was a very mm-hmm. rare occasion that I met a wild success story and when I did, it was typically because they became an affiliate for the course or the program or the mastermind that they had bought into, right? So it wasn't even just that the, the teachings helped them, it was that selling the teachings to their own following helped them. So I hit a wall of burnout where I'm like, I can't, I can't work, right? Like, I need to stop, I had to take a mm-hmm. sabbatical. And the beginning of the sabbatical, I had this idea. You know what I'm going to do just for fun? Like I'm going to try a wild experiment. I am going to show up on my Instagram every day and I'm going to teach everything that I know about online business. No opt-in, no funnel. You don't even have to follow me. You could just go on my account and watch my stories every day. And I'm going to teach everything that I know about business for free. And this was, you know, talk about helping people just to help them. That was kind of the the vision behind it. And it was also, like I said, an experiment and like, just totally setting fire to some of the rules, right? You got to build a list. You got to put people through a nurture sequence. You got to have that, you know, you got to mm-hmm. have seven different, you know, levers that they're pulling so that, you know, you can psychologically get them into your next upsell over and over again. Mm-hmm. But as I was doing this experiment, it's, it started to come out in my content that I started to share more honestly about, like I said, my observations and my understanding mm-hmm. of how these different programs worked, about how these different leaders worked. Mm-hmm. And this kind of converged with, I was going through a divorce, speaking of trauma, I was like be, you know, becoming estranged from my family because there's that whole fun you know, part of my history as well. All of this was happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I am just like full of fire. And so free school, this experiment that I started of teaching everything I knew about online business and my stories turned into uh, burning down my whole life and my business for, for public consumption. And I was naming names because one of the reasons I did that was I have spent years talking about the sleazy, slimy marketing practices, but not naming names, doing it in the form of comedy, doing it in my content. And people will be like, yeah, I hate it. That's so bullshit but then they wouldn't actually connect the practices to some of these big industry leaders. They were like, well, that's great, but that's not this person that I love and follow so much. So the naming of the brand names, the personal brand names was important for that. So I started being honest. I started naming names. I started blowing the whistle, if you will, because I've heard so many, like I know the dirty behind the scenes stories behind the glitzy marketing campaigns, behind the big seven figure launches, behind these, Supposed success stories. I know uh, very the truth very well. Well, <laughs> to, to, to say that this wasn't well received would be probably an understatement, right? Like inadvertently while starting this experiment and like burning it down, I did burn my relationships. I burned, you know, uh, this lost me business partners. This lost, well, not partners, but business colleagues, right? This lost me referral connections. This lost me a lot of like the industry esteem that I had built up over the years, partially because I was kissing the industry's ass and I was tiptoeing around the truth and I would talk about something without talking about something. And therefore I was kind of like a good girl in that way. I burned that all down too. And I did burn myself in the process, right? Like I last year was like after 12 years in business of yes, I had you know experienced growth pretty much every year it was like my worst year in business almost since the very Mm. beginning. Right. And I got myself into a very, some very hot water economically, which wasn't the goal. It wasn't like what I was trying to do, but it's what happened. Right. So, um, it wasn't well received and yet, (laughs) and yet, um, it, you know, it's funny that I called the whole experiment free school because what it did was free me Mm. to, really fully dial into what I, you know, you talk about purpose, you talk about meaning to what I really, you know, I've asked myself for years, how the hell did an anti-capitalist like activist, like me end up in freaking branding and marketing (laughs) arm of this economic system? And this is why, because there are so few people in this industry who are understanding how we got here from a historical perspective, who are tracing back, our current what we kind of just see as the rules tracing that back to you know how did all of this get started how did this fuel our current system of inequality what mm-hmm. do we have to do with this Th- these questions to me are much more interesting than like how do i get more follow- like people on my list you know and there's plenty of people doing that but i don't think that's the change that we need you know, so it freed me because as long as I was trying to kiss the ass of the industry, as long as I was trying to be the good girl with a wild side, but still kind of playing by the rules, I was not ever going to get to the place that I am now in terms of asking that question. What is brand yeah. culture doing to us? Yep. And if you understand marketing history, you understand social and political history as well, because those things go together. Marketing and advertising history has shaped Politics has shaped culture, has shaped our sense of identity, both as individuals and a collective. That's what I'm interested in at this point. And that's what a lot of the people that are not that stuck around or that have found me in the wormholes or the rabbit holes ever since are interested in, as well, while also juggling the reality of we all have to pay our bills in this freaking real, you know, system, right? We can't just skip out to some sort of like an anti capitalist utopia somewhere that doesn't exist but is it possible to run a business while continuing to deepen our understanding of what brand culture is doing to us so we can not just be more ethical business owners and marketers of our businesses but that we so we can be more conscious consumers yes of like we're all experiencing marketing all the time right whether you're a marketer or a marketed you know (laughs) Becoming a more conscious agent of your own life experience, which is an experience at this current moment, that is completely absorbed and and intertwined with with marketing, right? Like marketing is all around us all the time. It shapes our world. So... That's the short answer, JK. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I I mean, just even like what you're saying, just being more conscious consumers. I think that right. you know, from what I've been reading to from you and everything you've put out there, that's what's helped me in so many of the emails or the different things I've gotten I'm, I've I've notice things differently but even from my professor life you know one of my classes I always teach is communication and gender and we have obviously we talk about the media there we have a whole um, thing that we're kind of unraveling you know what does this look like and and it's getting that understanding like you're saying of all the ways that you're being marketed to understanding then what that looks like seeing the different appeals that are coming through And I think that that's where too, you know, it's tied so much in our, into our emotionality, obviously, but that's where with people, it feels like the stakes are higher over the last few years. Again, as people have lost more and are searching more and just want to find that there's something out there to save them or help them after everything that has happened. Right. Mm -hmm. So in some ways it feels like it's increasingly dangerous, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it in terms of, you know, we have this mental health crisis, we see all these things and then yet am I am I blowing things out of proportion here and no you're serious? just speaking
1: to this is, <laughs> yes you're correct I mean it's like at the same time that we're living in a historical pattern like if you go back for example to the 1920s when Napoleon Hill was in his heyday and he wrote the book Think and Grow Rich and he was peddling this idea that that everyone could could escape poverty simply by having the right attitude and mindset and just deciding to be wealthy. Right? So that's an example of those were hard times that he was selling this message within, like you go into the 30, you know, you get to the great depression. It, it was a rough bleak time. And yet, so while we're reliving a historical pattern here at the very same time, what's different about today is that yesterday's consumers we're pretty much only receiving messages. They weren't mm. actively contributing or creating the messages themselves. But today in 2022, in this time that we're living in, we are all, you know, creating our own media. And we're living in this time of the age of the personal brand where we're being encouraged to commodify our very selves, turn ourselves mm-hmm. into products. And we have the media in our hands to create our, um, our marketing campaigns around our very lives. So this mm-hmm. is what makes it feel more dangerous to me, not just because so many people are desperate
0: mm-hmm. for
1: an escape from the pain of capitalism and its realities, but also because now, like never before, we have the ability to essentially market our very selves, not only to the world around us, but back to ourselves. I mean, you mm-hmm. talk about social media and causing a sense of disconnection. Uh, this, you know a mental health crisis and all of that we've got people and i mean god i am even one of them because there are certain filters that i just love just so i can escape <laughs> with my own aging face but you know you start looking in at in the mirror at yourself and you don't recognize yourself anymore because you filtered yourself into oblivion to the point that you've forgotten what your own face looked like you have marketed a different face Ugh. to
0: yourself to uh. the world that's what makes it dangerous if you ask me Oh my gosh. When you put it that way, you have marketed a different face to yourself and to the world. I mean, like I never really thought about it. And that that's so true. You know, you know, you think about people presenting a different life, but it is what you're saying. You're marketing this other persona, this other appearance that then other people believe. And then if you don't feel it, you start to feel the shit, you know, it all comes back to me then how we're all feeling terrible too, <laughs> you know, in terms of what this causes or what this can be. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what for me is just, yeah, you spin out, you're like, okay, now what, what should I do? And unfortunately, then a lot of times the answer that we think of is another product or some, another service or something to help. Yeah. (laughs) That's how they get you. That's how,
1: isn't that beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? I mean, the system is really beautifully designed to do its job, you know, which is to sell us shit constantly ever more every day, all the time. Right. Mm Mm-hmm but it's not designed to just to help us like getting back to what we were talking about in the very beginning. This is, it's meant to to give us an illusion that if I'll, I'm going to just only buy this. If I only buy this, then this is going to help me. And then you buy that and it doesn't help you. And so now there's something else to Mm -hmm. fill the hole inside of you. So in that way, the system is, is running impeccably Mm -hmm. well, but not for itself, for its own growth and constant expansion, not for our,
0: Mm-hmm. betterment,
1: not for our constant growth and expansion. So mm-hmm. that's the very bleak. And yeah, even having this conversation, just like you, I find myself all the time being like, what do I do? I'm like, depre- I'm depressed. I mean, doing the research that I'm doing, like seeing the world through my lens. It's not a fun ride. I won't. I mean, it's not. And then I find myself being like, OK, what I'm going to go buy. What am I going to go buy today to feel bad? I'm going to go eat something. I'm going to go to the store and like find something to fill the hole. And then I'm like, what is going on? I mean, of course, I know what's going on, but uh, but it doesn't change the fact that that's how I've been trained, right? Yeah. So,
0: who, what a wild world.
1: What a time to be alive.
0: <laughs> I mean, I just appreciate the research and the the depth that you go to as well. Um, I hope everybody goes to follow you on Instagram, not only because it's super fun to watch you on Instagram, but because you are very educational as well. Like the mural that you just posted, that you had your dry erase mural where you had all the names in there and the historic. I mean, you, if describe. I did not do a good job of telling anyone what I was saying. So tell us about this, this mural, for example, that showcases how much research you do to think about these things
1: well this is a good example of me feeling a sense of despondency knowing i needed to do something to ground and self-soothe and then actively turning myself away from like going to find some sort of a consumer experience so i was like i gotta make something i gotta make something and I've got this beautiful office that I've designed to kind of support my creativity and to support my mental health. And I've got this big empty wall that I put dry erase paint on. So I can, you know, and so I decided, okay, that now is the time I'm going to make a mural. And so the mural in the very center of it are the words Yell Fire, which is the name of one of my favorite activist songs by Michael Franti. Um, go listen to it. That song always pumps me up. Like you want some energy, you want some joy, you want some fuel for the for the ongoing plight and fight of being human, <laughs> listen to Yell Fire. But I've got Yell Fire in the center. And That was really all I knew I wanted to do. I was like, I'm gonna write Yell Fire and then I'm gonna uh, draw around it and make it look really cool and like collagey. And then I decided as I was creating this, and I was listening to like history books while I did it. Like, you know, that's, so it's my toxic trait is I never stop, you know, hurting myself by learning about history. But this, I decided to fill in the color of the mural With the names of activists and I started with women throughout history that had fought for change and then that expanded as I started to fill in the whole mural and so it ended up being 3094 names of activists. In over 80 countries throughout history and today and as i'm doing it like I didn't want to put people's names in there, I didn't really know what so I you know i'm doing i'm doing like batches where i'm like researching the names and kind of trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what did they do and how did they. And, and all, and I illustrate all around it with, you know, different images that depict the type of change that these activists did from art to science, to yeah. the media, to writing, um, protest, all of the different ways that people have fought for a better world. And the color within it, as I said, is colored in with the names of these 3,994 people. And it was, I'll tell you what, it you know, I was looking for something to ground me. I was looking for something to to soothe myself. I was looking to use my hands and not be on my computer. And it did its job in that way. I was proud of myself. I'm like, I found a hobby. Like, I found something to do that isn't buying things. And <laughs> it was it was hopeful and, and uplifting to, re- and and a little sad too, because I was like, damn, like all these things that these people fought for, like we're not there yet. Like, yeah. sorry, we're still going. I'm sorry, we're trying over here. But um, all of these people, every single name I wrote was a life dedicated to making the world better. And it was just a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of all the people throughout history who have worked for a better world and so it was hopeful in this age of news where we just keep hearing bad news all the time and people doing awful things. It's like, you know what? There have been and are so many people who have dedicated their, their, their lifetimes to, to the pursuit of justice and equity. And, and we are a part of that as well. And so, so that was my little hobby, not hobby. I don't know. It's a hobby, right?
0: It's, but I mean you this podcast you know it's called being whole because it's like all the things that we have to do to keep ourselves whole and what does that look like across context how do we do that and so you just gave a great example too of how this is something where you knew you needed to ground in in a different way you knew you, you needed something to express yourself and to feed your soul mm-hmm. and so finding ways that you can do that finding ways that are you know not your typical go-to it's like expanding your toolbox right and I think that Two first first of all, again, I need everybody to go look at this. I was trying to zoom in on the pictures and like read the names and everything. <laughs> um, but it's, it's that you wanted to also learn more to kind of understand w- where you were in it is what it sounds like. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to project here, but I think that that's what so many of us need in different spaces too, right? Like, okay, this is what's happening out here. Where back to me? Where am I? All in all, of this. How do I feel about it? How can I go forward? How can I take what's out there and reframe and reassess for myself? Especially when you know you've been through burnout before. You know what that looks like. So you definitely don't want to go there again, right? If you can all yeah. it'll help it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean that was and that was part of it too. It was like I could feel the rumblings. I could feel the fire, the sparks coming up, and I'm like, whoo. I got to do something. And it's probably not burn down my life on the internet. I did that. Been there, done that. I did it and you can too, but I don't recommend it. So I'm like, okay, let's channel. And yet it was important to me, like you said, like there was a self-expression piece of it, but then it was also important to me that I, and this is something I need to work on. You're about being whole, but it was, you know, it's hard for me to spend my free time, uh, not, working on something that also is an expression of my values. So this seemed to check a lot of boxes in that way. It was artistic and it was soothing and it was good for my body. And it was me taking my energy and taking my passion and doing it. Something that was still a reflection and an extension of my values. So that, that felt like a whole talk about being whole, a whole activity to participating. You know what I'm saying?
0: absolutely well and that's that's what so much of this is too that's why i get everybody wants like all these answers or prescriptive advice and it's exactly what you're saying is that no, I don't have any answers. I don't have prescriptive advice. That's why I love this podcast. Because it's a bunch of people sharing different things that have worked for them. Because unless we're creating our self-care out of our values, unless we're setting boundaries from our needs, you know, we can read what everybody else wrote all day long, or we can try to employ these other tactics or do these things, but it's not going to feed us in the same way. It's not going to help us mentally in the same way. So really even just understanding that for yourself, you know, that about yourself. And so this is the, you know, you took all these steps to care for yourself in that way. And I think that a lot of times, again, especially when we're so depleted or burnt out, we just want the answers of how to do things as opposed to really being able then to like sit and reflect or understand, okay, those are the answers, but what are the answers for me and how can I work through these things? Yeah.
1: That's it. That's like my motto because uh, people come to me all the time and they're like, okay, but what's the answer? I I did a podcast a couple months ago that I brought back from free school. And the title of the show was something like, okay, who are the good coaches, right? And so I kind of clickbaited people a little bit cause I was like, okay, I'm gonna tell you who the good coaches are, or like tune into the show to discover the good, co- cause people would say, okay, you've talked shit about all these people. I know this, <laughs> this person or that brand or whatever, isn't, you know, the holy grail, if you will. So who is, who can I trust? And I'm like, okay, tune in and I'll tell you who to trust. And then basically i gave people a framework for finding out their own definition of what a good coach is to them because no i was like y'all did not think i was going to give you a list did you, <laughs> you <laughs> and i say on my show which marketing muckraking where i dive into this question of what is brand culture doing to us if you're sick of business podcasts that have all the answers well i've got nothing but questions because i can't give just like you said i can't give you the answer i can give you the questions though And I can Mm -hmm. give you some information to help you find your own answers. Mm -hmm. And that's the unsexy thing. That's the opposite of what most of these leaders in any industry, to be honest with you, are selling. Everybody is selling the mythology and it's so sexy and believe me, I wish it were true. I've got the golden ticket. I've got the secret door. I've got the key, the way, the secret, whatever, follow me and I'll show you too. And this is me kind of going in the, in the opposite direction, which is no, none of these people have that. What they're selling you is the beautiful, comfy, cozy mythology that that even exists. Yeah. So instead of selling, send it, you know, I'm not gonna give you a formula, but I am gonna give you, a, you know, somewhat of a framework to find your own mm-hmm. combination of elements. And guess what? The world is gonna change and you're gonna change and you're gonna have to do it again. So that's why it's good to have a framework. That's why it's good to know what questions to ask. That's why it's good to have the information, the research, the history, the, you know, all of that and the lived experience of going through the process of doing that and figuring that out because you will do it again and again and again and again and again. Right.
0: Yes. And thank you for saying that. Because that's just like healing. It's just like anything else. You know, the minute we think we're done or there's one way and, oh, I did that, checked that box, you know, something else is just going to come up. So instead, if we can have that understanding that this is a process, you are going to have to go through a bunch of these different things, right? So then welcoming that and understanding what that looks like, as opposed to being frustrated or upset with yourself or whatever it is when when you have to do it again, right? Or when you have to work through things again. And I think that Even that, even that knowledge, if people had that understanding, like that's a great place to start, right? That there isn't just the golden ticket, like you said, or there isn't the one-time surefire way of knowing or of being. And that expectation, I think then is what, you know, people are, people are buying that hope right that this mm. is the last time I'll have to do this. Mm. This is the last time I'm going to have to look mm-hmm. through things. And I think that speaks to how tired everybody is, right? You know, everybody I, mean, I
1: want it too, don't get me wrong. I'm annoyed when I have to like it's it's a spiral, right? And you're like you're as soon as you level up in one level of anything, knowledge or healing, then you're going to come back around again for like the next, you know, we're going to go advanced now. We're going to go into the same Themes again, but this time with more nuance, and this time you've trod the territory before, so now you've got to level up in terms of the intensity. I'm not saying that's necessary; like it's always more intense, but it's a spiral. We're we're going through this evolutionary, you know, cycle where we return to the same themes again and again, and it's annoying. I'm like, I already did this, though. Like, what? like can I get my pa- can I get like my badge and right. like, go do something else? Like, come on. So, <laughs> well, that's I'm. Right, to- so.
0: I'm That's really why. appreciative of your time and just of your of your knowledge and your ability to share this and really have these conversations, because I know, especially in your industry, it is it, it does make you a target, it means that you're being very vulnerable and authentic with everybody and I appreciate that because it You know, everybody thinks that a lot of people are out there showing all these facets of themselves, and look at how open they are. But then, like like you said, once you start peeling back the curtain of what it's really going toward, you're like, oh, does she even like chocolate chip cookies? (laughs) You know, or whatever. (laughs)
1: Is
0: she getting paid to eat that cookie? What's happening here? That helping her look look, look more authentic. um... (laughs) Uh So, how do you? Where where can people find you? How can people work with you? Or what what is your the way that you want to continue to help other people then i guess
1: <laughs> bring it all back i love that i love it all back well, you can find me anywhere internets are sold uh i'm rachel k that <laughs> that is rachel with an r-a-c-h-a-e-l-k-a-y-a-l-b-e-r-s that's where you'll find me i'm i'm pretty much on every platform because that's kind of one of my approaches to social media is it's it's taking the message and then, you know, translating it into different platforms. Cause for me, it's not about like being a YouTuber or like being famous on the gram. It's about making sure the message is is everywhere. It can be everywhere people are congregating. So you can find me anywhere that internets are sold or rachelkalbers.com. I do work with people one-on-one. That is kind of my signature service through my branding and marketing reinvention studio for businesses that burn the rule book. That's RKA Inc ink with a K. So if somebody is in the process of building, doing a rebrand, for example, mm-hmm. and they want to do a real deep dive that's based in their values and, you know, making sure that they're creating a, a business that is sustainable and in alignment with their beliefs. Mm-hmm. I do that really well over long-term periods. Or sometimes people just want like a little taste of our K. They just want to like hop on a couple calls with me. And I do that too. So you can find You know both of those offerings at those websites that I just dropped, or just like come and chill with me on Instagram. Let's—that's my favorite place to hang out. Let's let's hang. I give a lot of wild content on Instagram, so you can have a fun ride with me. Even if you never throw me any moans, even if you never throw any dollars my way, we're still gonna have fun.
0: Yeah, you absolutely do. I love learning from you, and that's really what it is. I'm learning from you, and I think that you know, for me as somebody who loves to learn and wants to continue to consume, consume information. (laughs) Right. And, and that's a space where then too, recognizing that this is a continual learning process. Like you said, the game's going to change, the rules are going to change. So let's not only look at this where we're at, let's look at it historically and let's think about how we can do better. And, you know, back to your point of somebody saying, well, this is the best it is like, when have we ever settled for that? you know, there's always, right. Like there's always a 2.0 or a next version. I mean, come on now. So like, that seems like a really bad answer. So again, I appreciate your openness. It's been so fun to chat with you. And now I'm already thinking about all the other things I want to talk to you about that we didn't cover. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Yes. Thanks everyone for listening. And thanks again, Rachel, for being here. Bye-bye. Here are my takeaways from today's episode. Number one, There will always be coaches or marketers who sell you on the idea that they were sold to. Overnight successes are rare, so let's be aware of the red flags that may be popping up when considering signing up for a course or a coaching experience. Number two, if you're not seeing the success that you've been silently or not so silently promised from a course, know that you are in the majority. Most people are not seeing the successes, but it's not about anything you did wrong through your experience. It's about misleading projections that were sold to you. Number three, the stakes are higher now, and with so many having experienced financial hardships, we've become desperate in finding something to save us. At the end of the day, courses are rarely the answer. Number four, the system is designed to consistently sell us what is next. It is not designed to actually fulfill us and help us succeed. Being aware that there's always going to be something else as an upsell can help us be more mindful of our decisions. Thanks so much for listening today. This conversation may have been uncomfortable in some standpoints, but I feel that it is really one we all needed to hear. See you next week.